You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. everyone as we dive in too deep as always we're your hosts i'm reason joined by neil driscoll neil the dolphins are facing adversity for the first well you know they face adversity so far but this is not real adversity we're getting into two game losing streak on their third string quarterback now three and two after an amazing three and oh start when all of us were on top of the world key injuries you know, as much as Ravens and Bills fans want to troll us about, oh, well, you didn't care about our injuries. Well, go try and win without Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Um, key injuries. Everything in the last two weeks has just gone wrong. Wrong That could go wrong for the Dolphins. Um, I know a lot of Dolphins Nation is down and out right now. Coming into a game against a big explosive offense like the Vikings have. How you feeling, Neil? Um, off the off the cusp of a loss, sorry, on the cusp of a potential three game losing streak. How are you feeling right now, bro? I, you know, I would say I'm back to reality. You know, after the three and zero, back to life, back right. to reality. Okay. I mean, coming out of three and zero, you know, I'll be honest, and it's a long season, right? We're in week five, so coming in week six, so you know, a lot can transpire. Um, you know, do I still think this team has a chance to make the playoffs? The answer is yes. Um, I just think they need to get healthy, right? Like what we're seeing with this year's Dolphins actually early reminds me of what the Ravens went through last year, right? When Lamar, they were, you know, if you remember when we beat them, they were the number one seed in the AFC. And Lamar Jackson went down. They had J.K. Dobbins down. They had Ronnie Stanley down. They had Marcus Peters down, who tore his ACL. Um, I mean, they had like 18 players that were on the IR at the end of the season. And you look at where we are. We've had our quarterback out, you know, at this point for a third of the season, right? Or more than a third of the season. We've had, um, you know, Taron Armstead. And you got to give him credit for fighting through the injuries, but, you know, I mean, he couldn't finish the second half against that Jets. And our offensive line looked like it did last season, right, without Taron Armstead in there. Um, so, you know, you and then Xavier Howard has not been healthy this whole season. And, you know, the, the thing that's kind of n- makes me a little nervous about those three players in particular is their career, whether it's fair or not at this point, shows that they miss games. You know, that's Tua, that's Taron, and that's that is – um. Who the hell was I just even talking about? The third, Xavier Howard. So, you know, that that concerns me. But, you know, the big controversy is whether the quarterback should be playing or not to me, right? Re- you know, reason like, you know, I, I think, you know, the right now what we're we're getting penalized, I feel like, more than any team. And, it, and it's been very frustrating. It, it, it does seem like the rules are really impacting the Miami Dolphins for some reason. Like the league is trying to penalize us because we put 
Tua back in the second half against that Bills game. That's that's what it really feels like to me um, because I, I, I didn't watch a lot of the game today, but I, I did see Justin Fields take a couple big shots, and he was on the ground trying to pull himself up. Where were the spotters there? You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like this team still has a lot of talent. You know, Mike McDaniel's got to go is going through some growing pains. And, you know, you know, I, the way I said it uh, in the Twitter space this week was, you know, all week, you know, he was studying for a math test. Right. You know, he, he was preparing for Teddy Bridgewater to be the quarterback. Come Sunday, he sits down at the desk and it's a French test, you know, and he had no time to prepare for it. You know, he's got to throw a, a seventh round rookie on a away road game and a first start, you know, that's just a tough challenging. So like how it unfolded against the jets, the score will tell you it was a blowout. You know, we were pressing at the end to try to make something happen. Um, You know, I, for me personally, once Teddy Bridgewater went out, I I chalked the game up as a loss. Um, And, you know, it's unfortunate because I I do think with a healthy Tua Tungvaloa, we're here talking about either a four and one or five and O dolphins team. But the reality is we're three and two, so that hot start means nothing. And we got to find a way to salvage a win here before we start getting QB1 back. Yeah, and, I mean, showing you can win. I mean, one of the questions we had early on, remember when we did our preseason roundtable, one of the questions I asked was, remember about championship depth? Do we have championship depth? You know, we all thought Teddy would be better than what he is right now. Um, you know, let's talk about this spotter incident for a second. All right. Um, we saw angles come out from local stations out in South Florida. No one can find visual evidence of this stumble. What are your whole feelings on that? Uh, you know, because, because now we're getting to a, a, a certain point where, you know, like, and, I, and I'm not being funny or facetious here, you know, Neil, was this spotter local? Like, yeah. are they from the New York area? Like, is there a chance they're a Jets fan? Like, you're, you're running into some bias here. Are they hired by the NFL and they travel to these games? Like, and I know that the word on the street is, Neil, that the Dolphins, because, you know, when there's injuries, um, you know, you get injury replay footage. Right. And they reviewed all the footage and they couldn't find a stumble either. Well, reason I, I think the NFL is a complete joke, and, and I'm actually very happy that hockey season starting. Uh, you know, uh, big win NFL, by my Penguins tonight. Eh? You see that? Give it to the Arizona. Yeah, well, the, the Caps are already zero and two, and I'm still excited for hockey season. Let's go. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like the NFL, like what they're doing. Like first of all, this whole flag football, bud. The replaying, right? Like you know, I grew up loving players like Troy Palomalu, Ronnie Lott, because I love that the safety could eliminate a receiver from the game. And, like, I'm not saying that safety doesn't matter. I think it's important to keep people safety, modern medicine. But, like, I I feel like the NFL doesn't know how to protect its players. And they just ready, fire, aim everything that they do. And they don't have a good plan. Roger Goodell is an absolute horrendous, you know, commissioner of this league. I know he's pulling $35, $40 million a year. And he's absolutely clueless. I think this spotter thing is a joke. The athletic directors that I know here in Baltimore, man, are Ravens fans. When I see them out. They're wearing Ravens polos. Like if these are the guys that are going to tell you whether your quarterback is going to come back in the game or not, I mean, what a competitive disadvantage. Like, are we kidding ourselves? The game's already flag happy. It's replay happy. It loses its flow. This concussion thing's nuts. And And that intentional grounding, what call was that on top of everything? That's the reason. You just nailed it. Like the officiating in this league, 
is so bad. It decides the outcomes of so many games. It's such a problem. But, like, where's the energy to fix it? And you cannot tell me that if it's the Bills, Chiefs, and the AFC Championship, and Josh Allen falls down, and he's slow to get up, that they're going to pull into the game. So it's hypocritical, which is pissing me off the most, right? And I don't understand what the obsession with Tua Tungavaloa is in this league, right? On all the lightning rod. But coffee. let me tell you, let me stand on, on a mountain and scream something. If we haven't learned anything just in one week without Tua Tungavaloa, right? Our offensive line sucked last week. It was embarrassing in the performance they put up. It was kind of exactly what we saw with Jesse Davis. 25. And- let me put it this. They put up allowed 25 pressures last year in the last game we faced the Jets with Jesse Davis and such. We only allowed seven. Well, you know why? Because Tua masks a lot of those problems. Yep. Because yep. he's nimble in the pocket. He's got good mobility. He knows how to get the ball out of his hand, right? So mm-hmm. we, 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 we criticize Tua for that, right? But he's actually – Way more valuable when it comes to he's the heartbeat of this ball. offense. Look at yeah. what did what did we learn? You can have all these nice shiny toys, but if you don't have someone like Tua, and even when Teddy was healthy against the Bengals, all if you don't have someone like Tua who can properly and quickly distribute the football to these guys, what what do you what do you got right now? You got nothing. You just got a bunch of shiny toys. Well, Tua does a better job of protecting his offensive line than they do protecting him, right? So that's and using his weapons better than I mean. You know, I kept hearing, hey, Waddle is Tua's security blanket. Well, now after a couple of weeks, I'm going to say to you, is Tua Waddle's security blanket? Right. Because last year, last year when Jacoby Brissett was around, he was only averaging just over 40 yards per game. Tua comes back and he's averaging over 80 yards per game. Right. Well, and, and then the other thing is, right, we've, we, we've heard so much at nauseum about Tua's arm strength, right? Well, I'll tell you this right now. I, Skylar Thompson, if people think he has a stronger arm, like, you know, because he can throw the ball farther on his intermediate throws, there was a lot of flutter. They weren't crisp. Tua throws a way better ball. I mean, look, we're talking a first. Well, look at his short stuff. Like, I know Tanner Connor should have made the catch, and we were all ripping him for not making that catch up the seam before the missed field goal. But he had, but there was a couple times now, Chase Edmonds has had terrible drops, <sighs> but Chase Edmonds' first drop of that game. And the Tanner Connor drop, Skyler had no touch. Skyler's not touching them to these guys. He's freaking whipping them at 90 miles per hour when they're seven freaking yards away from the guy. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of touching it and giving them nice catchable balls. And that's just all nerves, bro. The kid was tight. Like you saw one route. Did you, I don't know if you saw, but I broke down the film, obviously, like I do every week. We just did Skyler this week on Finside the NFL on Tuesday nights. And. <clears throat> You know, there was that one throw. Um, I don't know if you might remember the play, but Sherfield and the receiver to the bottom were running like dummy go routes up the left sideline. They didn't even look back. While underneath, Gesicki ran an in route and Hill ran an underneath out route. Buddy, the guy threw it to Sherfield and he didn't even look back because yep, he didn't. He didn't th- dude, th- he, he was throwing that fly route or that go route not he didn't know what the play was and think of it that was the first drive that was the most scripted play of the game which are usually stuff your starting quarterback i.e. Teddy Bridgewater's come to the guy didn't even know the, the even even know the progressions of the fucking plays bro and we're calling this shit because it's scripted instead of adjusting like another thing Raheem yo Raheem nicknamed the dream Mostert was carrying this team and there were certain points where they got away from him like you know like would they bench they bench that 
Edmonds, that disappointment, and Gaskin comes out of nowhere and shows way more vision than yep. Edmonds has shown yep. as a runner. And that was a demotion reason. That was a demotion. Like, oh, yeah, he got benched. He got yep, benched. That was an in-game demotion. He got benched. And you know what, bro? Like, he deserves it. You should have rode Raheem to the end, I think. Like, he- like, like, you know, that, 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 um, we're all of a sudden throwing to Tanner Connor, right? And then the next play, we get the screen um, to Waddle for five yards or six yards, and then that brings up the 54-yard attempt. You know, we were throwing, you know, when the game was still there, we were throwing a little bit too much for my taste still when Raheem was clearly screaming, feed me the football right now. And I got to say this to you, Neil. Imagine what Tua Tagovailoa would have done to the New York Jets if he would have got 113 yards on the ground on 18 carries from Raheem Moser. Where are these games when this guy's playing, bro? Uh, I, Where I, are these games? Well, Tua, Tua would have murdered the Jets off play action if we were running the football like that. Well, and because news, we bro. had a limited guy out there, you couldn't take advantage of your playbook. Well, the good news is I think when Tua comes back, we're going to have an established RB1. And there's no question anymore. Like, yeah. you know, the, the things got weird in the Bengals. You know, you know what's worse, Neil? Can I add to this to the RB1 before you go to the Bengals game? Think about this. Food for thought for you, Neil. Raheem Mozart is just starting to get his legs under him from his, enter, from his injury last year because it was a major injury. We can both agree on that. Of course. And, bro, Chase Edmonds had the whole offseason to run away with this job, Neil. Couldn't do run it. away. And he couldn't do it. Raheem comes back. Raheem was clearly every week gaining on his heels. Now Raheem is clearly the guy. And I, and you know what I've been saying the last couple weeks. You need to hitch the wagon to this kid Absolutely. while he's while he's healthy. And now look at this. His vision and his knowledge of the playbook. Bro, now Raheem, it took him. Chase Edmonds had months to run away with this. It's taken fucking, it's taken the, Raheem four weeks to say, no, nah, we're good. You're out. Ever since the Patriots game, nah, we're good. You're done. I'm getting my legs under. And he's not even – bro, imagine if this guy stays healthy, what Raheem's going to be at by week eight, what week nine with what he is right now. Right. I'm telling you, bro. I mean, look, so, like, let's let's talk about the good, bad, ugly. First of all, I'm not going to kill Skylar Thompson, right? No, because... you can't, bro. He was put – and I got to add to this, bro. And I'm not talking about you because you're not one of these guys. But all these people out here killing Skylar Thompson. Listen, it... he's a seventh-round developmental pick. From Kansas State. It's not our fault. You bought the Kool-Aid. Some other people in this community were selling y'all that he was better than Tua, that he should have been QB1. Now, listen, I always said we should have a discussion between him and Teddy because it's worth investing in Skyler right now to see what his ceiling is in terms of Teddy. We already know what Teddy is, and he's worse than we even thought we knew he was. So, you know, that kind of turned out to be right. But anyways, I digress. All these people killing Skyler. He was put in a position where they had a game plan installed and an opening scripted drive installed that were to Teddy's strengths and that were things Teddy liked in the playbook and that Teddy knew how to execute well in the playbook. That's why I think we – listen, I'm not going to say we're going to beat the Vikings, but to say we don't have a chance with Skyler, I don't believe that, and I'll tell you why. We were one field goal away – by the most overrated, overpaid guy out once you get beyond 50 yards, all right, Jason Sanders, by this guy with the limited stuff and execution and knowledge he had of what we were doing, 
We were one point. We were one field goal away from going a point up, and now all of a sudden they're pinned back at the twenty-five, and they got to play this game totally different. They don't get it at their own forty-five. Got to make one throw inside our thirty-five. All of a sudden now it's a totally different ball game, literally. So right. with a week to prepare, and McDaniel saying, "Okay, even with these jabronis like Brandon Shell and Liam Eikenberg, I can still Raheem and Gaskin can give me something on the ground." All you do is simplify the game plan. Do what he likes. Do what you know he's executed well because you've seen him all preseason, you know, and through training camp and such. And then predicate all of that stuff off your run game. And if you can't beat him that way, that's the best way to beat them right now. And that's the only way I see to beat them. So do I think they have a chance? Sure. Do I think they're going to get it done? Not likely. Well, and look, Skylar Thompson's a seventh-round rookie quarterback, divisional road game with no preparation. Like, I, this this isn't a knock on him, right? Because no. I, I I stand that he's going to become a solid backup. He's going to, yeah. I, I just think he might even ready. be a starter in a couple of years, but he's not ready, bro. Yeah, he's not ready, and, and the game's going to be a little bit too big for him right now. You saw when our backs were against the wall. Well, he only had one anticipation throw. Uh, he only anticipated one window on – all 30, what did he throw, 33 times or whatever? It was that, you remember on that last drive, that seam throw to Gesicki for 30 yards? Oh, it was beautiful. That was, and that was, we can agree, that was a beautiful, but you could tell, I mean, you saw him in the pocket, right? We were talking about Tua's pocket presence, and we've always yeah, noticed right. that, bro, this guy was, dude, in my notes, I got the words frantic, right. panic, sure. yeah. you know, he didn't know what to do, and the game speed was too fast. They were they were disguising cover sixes and and cover four and two high shells and he couldn't read all three levels. We actually ran a few designs a couple times, Neil, which I didn't like, where he only had third or deep second level options. There was nothing underneath for him to check down to. Like, you know, I don't know what to say. Like the game, like, the, the game was yeah, but the game and, and yo, hey, listen. He drew flags. They, right. were, they might have been underthrown. But see, why I think they were underthrown, I don't think it's on arm strength, Neil. What I think it's on is timing. He, yeah. He, right. And listen, we all know there's no padded bust you. Because when Richmond Webb, shout out to the homie Richmond Webb, was in this league, they were doing a padded practice in the morning. Then they'd review tape on it. Then you'd do a pa padded practice in the afternoon. Then you'd review tape on it. Then you'd go home, right? Now, because of the CBA – you only get a certain amount of padded practices all season. And I think it's like, I think it's in and around like 12 and you, we're at like walkthroughs now, bro. Like the, yeah. these guys aren't so sure. You would have got your timing down with, with Tyreek and Waddle and such. But the issue I think Neil is, we still would have seen the frantic and the panic in the pocket because the game clearly looked too fast for him as well as he was seeing looks. He wasn't seeing in obviously in the preseason, but also windows were closing faster than he could anticipate because you're no longer against four stringers and guys stocking shelves well, and lows right now. Right, and when you're throwing the ball to River Craycraft in practice, you'll never yeah. be able to duplicate the speed of a Tyree kill and a Jalen Waddle. No, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, look, I, for me, dude, I don't even want to grade Skylar Thompson because no, it's, it's fair yeah. to give him a grade. Now, on the running back situation, Raheem Mozart, Mozart was the bright Jeez. spot of the whole game, and, and I think – what we've even seen before this Jets game is that he is really close to breaking some of those runs. Yeah. Uh, Chase Edmonds is one of the biggest disappointments on this roster. And, and, and Cedric. I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll kind of give you some forecasting. 
He's got a six million dollar cap hit next year, and no no penalty if you cut him. Chase Edmonds is going to be one and done in Miami. It's reminding me awfully of the Jordan Howard signing. If you go back to the the Bengals game, the whole mojo of that game got thrown off when he dropped a perfectly placed yeah, yeah. touchdown. And, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me. I don't know. I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist, but think about this. Do you? I believe the bur the burrow thing was into his head a little bit. And if we score that touchdown, right, all of a sudden now on the next drive we get the ball back, we just need a field goal and we're ahead uh, 10-7, correct? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Didn't you feel like he was pushing? I felt like Tua was pushing the ball, when you're and he wouldn't have if he would have scored that touchdown, bro. When you're on primetime football, you want touchdowns. You don't want to kick field goals. Tua's a champion competitor. He doesn't – He like, that's frustrating. Yeah, but didn't you like feel that. like he was overly pushing it because Edmonds dropped it? Like, he, he knows what the narrative is. Like, Tua's a smart dude. He knows what it is. And he was wide – bro, did you see that replay? Yo, I didn't even know when I watched it live, Neil. Tua did like the Steph Curry after he made the throw throw because he knew how open Edmonds was and how money his throw was. Right. Bro, Neil, you could have caught that. Come on, bro. Oh, man, I, I tell you what, I'd probably be the fucking slot receiver on this football team right <laughs> now, to be honest. But no, but like – and, and I do think one thing that we're seeing is that the trade for Tyreek Hill, which is a brilliant trade, came out of nowhere – I don't think the Dolphins would have franchised Mike Kosicki and signed Cedric Wilson if oh. they knew they were going to get Tyreek Hill. Talk about two more disappointments. Cedric Wilson, I mean, like, look, we'll get to Kosicki in a second. Sherfield offers me so much more from blocking well, to receiving. It, it doesn't matter what we think. The coaches obviously think Trent Sherfield and River Craycraft are better than Cedric and Wilson. And so do our quarterbacks. Am I wrong or am I right? And I think that the try to move is to get a Cowboys team that needs a wide receiver and say, hey, you want this guy back? Like <laughs> – Take his contract. I'm going to give you the move right now. I got one for you, too. Okay, let me go first. Okay. Mike Gusecki, because they take the cap this year, but then they can get the they, compensation. They, no reason. they free If they trade him, he's yeah. getting paid per game and guaranteed money. So if they send him off, they would save $7.7 .7 million for the remainder of the year in the cap. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the team that takes him on. All of a sudden, his cap hit. Yep. You know, it, it's it's not there next year, and they get the compensation for him, right? If he signs yep. somewhere else, it reverts to them. Yep. So I would give Gesicki in a draft pick, and I'm no, I'm I got no problem giving the first because I think San Fran's going to be high. Carolina, ring, ring, ring. Taylor Moten. And Bradley Boozman. Bradley Bozeman, sorry. Yeah. I, I like, I, dude, I, think of that. We bring in Taylor Moten. Okay. Now up five, seven oh, right tackle in football. Okay. Yep. Bradley Bozeman becomes your starting center. Kick Connor Williams back to left guard. Taron Armstead at left tackle. Robert Hunter right guard. And I'll give up that San Francisco pick, the way they're playing. What are we going to get with it? Uh, I, well, I, I like some of the offensive linemen that Taylor might be Moten, though, bro. Come on, he's locked down. Oh, I look. I'm not saying I. I don't think that's bad. My my move would be Mike Kosicki, Cedric Wilson, and a third round pick in this year's draft to the Bears for Roquan Smith. And I would pay Roquan. And I need that offensive line fixed before the linebacker. Well, I, I just think on defense, like. Our running, we gotta our protect run. Tua, bro. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, but th th dude, th th that that hit. Did you see that hit Skyler took in the second half, where um, 
Um, Eichenberg whiffed on Jonathan Franklin Myers coming up the middle. Oh, dude, John, Jonathan Franklin Myers owned everyone on that line. Yeah, yeah but bro, Skylar Thompson, like, he got up slowly. He was face first on the ground, bro. Like, it was, dude, when you watch the all 22, the end zone view of it, dude, it is not pretty. Yeah. Like, Bradley Bozeman and Taylor Moten would solve a ton of problems right now because they're the one team that has depth at center. Oh, dude, I, I would, I would, I would Taylor Moten. I mean, like, because so are you, are you so honest? Obviously, Liam Eikenberg has no business. Wasn't a Bozeman a starter last year? Oh, uh, for Baltimore, he was. He yeah, was a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that Liam Eikenberg isn't even rosterable at this point. Um, he's, he's terrible. Yeah. I mean, you don't even want him as your swing. Tag. Can I just say it? He's awful. So hold on. Let me do the Barry Horowitz back pat. And then let me tell y'all say, I told y'all so. Yeah, but are, in that scenario, does, does that mean that you're kind of writing off Austin Jackson as well? No, because Austin Jackson has shown through his few preseason snaps and before he got hurt that he's salvageable as at least a swing tackle in this offense and what yeah. we ask him to do. The problem with Eichenberg is he's got no anchor, he's got no athleticism, and all the things we were sold on, solid footwork, great hand placement, solid technique, it's not there. Oh, no. It's all. It's all. This guy, listen, the problem with Eichenberg is because he's got no athleticism and he's because he's got no anchor, his technique needs to be so flawless on every snap. Otherwise, he's, dude, do you see how easily he's getting driven back? Oh, Whereas Austin awful. Jackson, look at his age. How old is Austin Jackson right now? Uh, 24, right? Yeah. He's, what is he? He was young when he came in. Yeah, he was the youngest player in the league. Him and yeah, yeah. So he's young. 24. He's just start, He's got his starting to get his grown man strength. He's growing into his body. But the thing is, he'll always be able to recover because of his athletic ability. And listen, his footwork might not be great at times, but his foot speed. And you've seen they've been cleaning up the technique with him, and you've gotten better results. And this scheme fits him. If you want my honest opinion, go get Taylor Moten. Oh, that's where I was going to go. That's if where you, I was. Gonna if go. you go get Taylor Moten, go throw Austin Jackson in between Connor Williams and Armstead. And uh, yo, it, it, listen, he's not Tunsil, but I remember what Tunsil looked like in between Brandon Albert and Maurice Pouncey. Well, uh, you, that's what I said. I, I like that's Pouncey, move. You could probably get Taylor Moten for Gasicki uh, straight up. Actually, I would be. Uh, I don't think so because they want draft picks. Yeah, yeah, and I would throw it. I would do. So I'm throwing in Gaseki. Listen, you got to eat some cap this year, but you're going to get compensation when you let him walk, and I'll give you a draft pick on top of it. Because there, I heard a rumor yesterday that they're that Taylor Moten, uh, they're listing on offers, uh, and he could be had for a second round pick right now. Yeah, I, would, I mean, well, they're gonna they're gonna fire right sell now. almost everybody. I think besides Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and Ika McQuanu, won't. Yeah, get and McQuanu, they won't trade. I, I think, and JC, and that's why Taylor Moten makes even more sense because. They're going to be end up paying Ika McQuanu, not this guy. Well, I, 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 and if you're talking about a second round pick for Taylor Moten straight up, oh, let's go. I, I, I would do it in the second. What are you getting better in the second round right now? No one, no one. And, and you know, my my new draft crush for us at the end of the first round because I do think it's going to be a late pick is Alabama linebacker Henry Tua Tua. So I, I, I he's I, a beast. Yeah, I love him. I think he's a three down linebacker. He's he's like the guy that I have circled and starred for the Dolphins um, because our linebackers. I think if you want to watch. If you want to see the opposing team makes a big play and you want to say whose fault is it, just look for number 52. Just look for him. That's, that is who it is nine out of ten times. He can't cover running backs out of the backfield. And, and again, I've, I've said this on the show. I, I, I like Atlanta Roberts because he's a tough dude. He fills a run. When you're at the goal line, he's one of the best goal line linebackers in the football. 
But unfortunately, at everything else, he's just so slow. You slow. know who I like? I don't, is he is he healthy still? I know he's popping off. I liked him coming out, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy the past few years. I think he's going to be a stud because he's no longer going to probably be going the first, but he was a five-star prospect. I loved Justin Flo out of Oregon. Yeah, I, I, well, he, he, yeah, I, yeah, he's, he's like my fourth. If I had to rank my, did they redshirt him? No, he, he's playing. Um, I don't think he's playing that well, but he's got a lot of talent. Um, but no, I mean, they got to let Channing Tindall play, man. Like, like, I, like, they got to let him go out there and play. I mean, his speed's there. He's going to make mistakes, but like, it's not like we're not making mistakes now. And then, you know, I, I'm coming around to your vision a little bit more with the Jerome Baker thing. And it's not that I don't think Jerome Baker is a good football player. Just like Mike Kosicki, he's, he's a basket. Yeah, he's on a fit. He's a wide and, nine outside. Well, we're not even actually. blitzing him. You know, we're not even blitzing him. So he has no value. And, you know, he's a guy that you save $6 million against the cap if you move him. I, I mean, like, I know I want the Dolphins to be buyers. And I the, like, I know he's got no snaps, but Channing Tindall's at least shown you something with limited snaps. He's a beast. I'm telling you right now, Channing Tindall's better than Jerome Baker right now. And Landon Roberts. And yeah. Landon Roberts in that linebacker position. And, 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 and I'm not even. Like I, I love Channing Tindall, and, and you know, I, t- I think I had him as my 26th overall rated prospect last draft. We got him in the third round, and everyone was telling me get Nakobe D, and I was like, I want Channing Tindall. So, like, I, I trust me, I, I'm, I'm there. I just think, you know, it's one of those things that it's. And, and let's get to the kind of the elephant in the room. Jason Sanders has got to go. He's got to go. He's the seventh high, highest paid kicker in football, and I won't even put him in my top 25 kickers. He had a great All Pro season. It was fool's gold. I got attacked on Twitter. I was like, eat crow. You're I cringe when he comes out and it's over 50 yards. Bro, oh. two for his last 10. And, like, their momentum, like the Bengals game. I can't, I keep going back to that game. You miss an extra point. You kick the ball low and it gets blocked. You miss this 52-yard field goal. You're compensated to make these kicks. And when I say our special team sucks, like, dude, like, what? we have no kick or punt return game. None. We can't make five fucking yards. If, well, if, no, these guys are stars, and it looks like they don't even want to return it, bro. Well, that's why, like, if you have to get a specialty player, like, and I know, <laughs> you know, Jakeen Grant was always valuable. Even if he fumbled, like, he had the potential to make a big play. If Jalen Waddles, if we, we know that Skylar Thompson is not going to be able to get him the ball, let Jalen impact the game on special teams. Like, we have to try something. Let like, me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because they said, let's say Taron Armstead can play this week, all right? Yeah, and I because, think he's going to. Well, okay, let's. Okay, and they've been trying to get Austin Jackson to go. Who do you bench, Little or Eichenberg? <laughs> I mean, they're going to bench Little. They should. Uh, look, dude, just think this. about it. Look at this. They little, Little was good before the hand injury. Ever since the hand injury, he's been giving up his chest. The hand injury clearly has affected him. Right. I, I mean, dude, Liam Eichenberg has to be replaced. I, I don't care who it is. They have to replace the guy. He's he's killing this team. Yeah. And if it and look, I love Mike McDaniel. I think he should be here for the next decade. If he can't, but you don't think there's pressure up top because of what's invested in that kid? I think there's been pressure. Screw that! You're the coach of this team. You you tell them, look, dude, I didn't draft this guy. Oh no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100. percent Like you know, and I do want to remember we're only five games in, so he's got to get a sample size to go back to them and say, listen, I got to bench this guy if they're pressing him. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll show five clips of last games. That look like me getting on the ice skates for the first time yeah, in my terrible. life. He's I terrible. mean, it's just, but like I will say this about Mike McDaniel because I, I love him. I think he's doing a great job. He has to be a little more careful with the situational game uh, play calling when our back. He's got to get the play calling plays in called in faster. in faster. But like when we're backs against the end zone, man, like we we just I, I like like for me like 
what, like get get your quarterback some space, right? Like I and I know Teddy Bridgewater is supposed to be this veteran, but like you know, give him some space. Well, they did get space when Skyler was backed up, right? Yeah, you know, so I, I, it's just one of those things. Like, look, it was a tough game because of the injuries, and uh, I got to say this. We got to stop putting Tyreek Hill in these precarious positions because he was taking some lickings last week, bro. Well, like, if you lose he him, took like three or four big hits, and if you lose him, season's over. So, like, <laughs> Tua needs to come back as what? Like, you know, what's whether it's Teddy or Skyler? Why is no one looking at Waddle, bro? Because honestly, man, and I, we talked about this before we got on. I don't know why. Like coming into Miami last year, Jacoby Brissett was like seen as a top-notch quarterback. He flopped here. He's actually been okay in Cleveland. He had a horrible pick last game, but he's played better in Cleveland than he did here, probably because he has a better line and Nick Chubb in a running game. Um, but, you know, you look at this team, like I, I literally would have told you before this season that I think we had the best backup quarterback outside of Jimmy Garoppolo in this whole league. And, dude, I like Teddy looked horrible in camp. That's what I've heard from everybody. Uh, there, there's like people who thought that he was like in the same league as Tua. Like it, it's a joke. It's 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 embarrassing if you say that. Like it just shows there's no like understanding of football. Like I, I'm just trying. To, I'm not trying to be mean. Like Teddy Bridgewater has looked. Dis- well, it's the Tua haters, bro. Remember, Fitzpatrick was going to eventually get his jaw back and beat him out. Remember, let's go through it. Remember, Josh Rosen was going to beat him out, and then he got traded. Remember, Reed Sinnott last year was going to beat him out, and I used to troll those people with Sinnott to win it. Remember, Jacoby was going to beat him out. Then, hey, I loved Teddy as a backup, but people were out here spewing, well, no, Teddy's no. going to beat him out. Then when Skyler played the way he played, oh, well, Skyler's going to beat him out. Bro, these people have been throwing literal proverbial S-H-I-T at the wall, hoping it sticks, and Tua just keeps making them look foolish, bro. Well, if Teddy clears protocol tomorrow, right, and we still start Skylar Thompson, that's Mike McDaniel telling you he doesn't believe in Teddy. Exactly. And, and like, I don't – like, this is – Because the guy's been in the league – how long has he been in the league for? Seven years? Six years? Oh, he's been in – yeah. And Minnesota drafted him. This yeah, is a yeah. revenge Okay, game. so so uh, so he's been in the league for this long, and, and you already game-planned and installed from last week. You can pretty much get a gain of what he likes and doesn't like. If he's not ready, and the thing is, he doesn't. We all know it's pretty much public knowledge. He doesn't actually have a concussion. If this guy, if, if you don't have enough faith on him, because we're in walkthroughs, we're not out here going one hundred and ten percent. If you don't have faith that he can just pick it up, because even while they're injured, I'm sure they're giving them the game plans and they're in on the quarterback meetings. For sure. If you don't have faith that he's going to be able to execute your game plan on Sunday, and he's been in the league for how long, and you're willing, and you need this win too, it's not even like oh well, the season's done. You know, four and two looks a lot better than three and three, and you're still saying I'm willing to go with the seventh round pick. That tells you not only Mike McDaniel, but Daryl Bevel, who's a legitimate quarterback whisperer, do not believe in this guy. Right, and and, and that point, and that's it. That's that's a damning. That's damning, bro. That's like sending a message to not. We're fans, and we're or we're podcasters, or we're people that cover this team, or we're the media. These people are. Like, if we think that, what do you think people in the league are looking at that? That's going to hurt this guy's and value. You, and you don't think that, like, a team like maybe the Giants or the Commanders would give us a fourth-round pick to get Teddy Bridgewater? You know, like, again, if you don't think that guy can win us the game, he has no business being here. And, and that's where it's like, these are the tough decisions that you have to make sometimes. 
but we'll see. I mean, like, I, I think there might be a curveball here coming. I, I, I think that if Teddy clears protocol tomorrow, they might. They haven't. They've kind of said their plan is to start Skylar Thompson, right? Like, I kind of agree with you. I, I just don't see a world where they're going to say, yeah, let's go with the seventh rounder who's never started a game before over Teddy. I, it just doesn't make sense. Right, because I, I think, you know, Teddy got drafted by Minnesota. didn't work out there. He grew up in Miami. Like, he gets the home playoff game, gets the quarterback for the Dolphins. If everyone that keeps saying he's so passionate about being this Dolphins quarterback, we would see it on the field this week. You know what I mean? So I, 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 it's a conundrum to me if he's healthy and doesn't play. It's, but you know, again, look, you and I both know this. Tua Tungavaloa could play football on Sunday, right? He, he's, he wants to play. He's healthy enough to play it. I heard a lot of optics. There's a lot of optics on this on the Miami Dolphins, like whether we like it or not. The Miami Dolphins, you know, after the tampering with Tom Brady, like it seems like they got a target on them. And people are like, oh, you're just saying that because you're a Dolphins fan. Well, a lot of the things we've seen point to that. And I think they have to be really careful with this because if Tua goes back in and Liam Eikenberg, you know, allows, (laughs) you know, a defensive tackle to come right up the middle and crush him and gets another concussion, you know, not only is the Dolphins season over, Tua's career could be over at that point. And if that ever played out, like, good Lord, who knows what we'd have to face. But, I, you know, hey, we got to go one more week because I, I, I'm a big believer in the things I've been told that the original target was for him to aim to come back on the Steelers on Sunday Night Football in primetime. You know, there was some stuff that I heard last week that he was, you know, looking like he could play for the Minnesota game. And... It's just that the, I think the Dolphins are being cautious here. And, you know, I, I don't blame them for not letting Tua play. And, you know, it, it, it leads to a bigger story for me in this Vikings game, which is if Tua can't play, if Armstead's banged up, Xavier Howard's banged up, we're starting Skylar Thompson against a 4-1 and Minnesota team, right? And, and you know, if you ask me the truth, like, our, like I, I think it's a rough matchup no matter who our quarterback is because if you think about some of the things the Vikings do well, right? Dalvin Cook can gash you, right? Our mm-hmm. linebackers are slow to the football. J- Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I mean, that's a strong receiving core. And even K.J. Osborne's become a good player, right? Um, some of the, And the, the combo of Zadarius Smith, and Daniel Hunter are going to be tough. Well, they're linebacking core. I mean, they got Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks too, right? Right. So, I mean, they're just a tough – I mean, the Vikings are a good team, and, you know, you get good or bad Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, they're 4-1 and one for a reason. And, uh, you know, it's a tough game, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would be picking as a win if, if Tua was in the game. Um, but it, it's it, it, sometimes their strengths look like it matches up to our weaknesses. Now, with that said, you know – if you had a healthy Tua Tagovailoa, the Vikings' corners are pretty bad, and I would take our receiver core over any receiving core in football. Um, mm-hmm. And that's even with the underachievement of uh, Cedric Wilson, just because, I mean, Tyreek Hill's awesome. I mean, like, you know, he didn't have the stats last game that he usually puts up, but I correct me if I'm wrong, I think he still leads the league in receiving uh, yards. Yeah. And he drew two huge penalties, and Waddle drew one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, it's just hard when you're on a third string quarterback. There's not a lot of teams in this league that are going to win a football game with a third string quarterback, man. And, yeah. and it, it sucks because we were on so much momentum. The good news, I think, of all this win or lose this game is that if Tua comes back, the schedule gets a lot lighter, we get healthier, and we have a chance to go on a six, seven game run. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and I think that's the good news. 
If you can steal this game this week and we're four and two. Oh, that's huge. Because we're going to come out of the Steelers five and two. It, but there's one unit you didn't even talk about really, too, that I think is pretty good for them. You know, I mean, we talked about Ogba struggling, you know. I know you don't put much stock into it, but Phillips' fourth best pass rush win rate in the NFL right now, and he's just not finishing the plays. And there's been you're seeing it; he's almost getting there. I mean, he got there on one of the sacks there uh, this past weekend. So, <clears throat> listen, it feels like it's going to come in bunches for Phillips. The problem is this week, you know, Christian Darrisaw is lights out. Awesome. Lights yep. out. They got a pretty good, you know, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury. Um, they got a decent offensive line right now. Um, <clears throat> doing some things for them. And even their tight end, Irv Smith Jr., is kind of a sleeper. He can produce, you know? So, I don't know. And they are also one of the few teams that will run a fullback. C.J. Ham's there, too. So, right, you know, I, 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 like, it's going to be a good test, you know, for our defensive line, too. So, this is a tough matchup even with Tua. For sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't lie overly – you know, like our chances, I mean, you know, they're the 10th best total offense. They average like 361 yards a game. Right. We might have the fifth best passing offense, but that stat is a Tua stat, not a Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson stat. While with Kirk Cousins, they've, they're have they number eight. They average about two, almost 260 yards per game. They don't allow sacks. They've only given up six all season. They're also, they convert on third down at almost 43%. Like the offense is good, bro. And their defense... Their defense already has 11 sacks. Their defense is the 13th best third down defense, only allowing a, a, a conversion of 36%. They take, check this out, 13th best in the NFL at takeaways with seventh. They're the 10th best in giveaways. They've only given away the ball six times, as have we. You know, like they're, they're, they're a pretty well-balanced team. The one thing you can get them is, like you said, their corners aren't great. They allow, allow about 250 yards per game. Now, I am a Harrison Smith fan. Oh, of course. Smith fan, but we can all agree Patrick Peterson's not the guy he was. And Never. I liked Cameron Dancer coming out, and I know he had a big play last week for them, but does he strike the fear of God in me? Hell, hell, hell no. Um, but, yo, man, they allow over 120 yards per game, right? Like, you can run the football on them. Oh, of they, course. They are – they still allow about 369 yards a game. So – you know, the you key, can run the football. So the, the key here is right. We've got one interception in five games. Yeah, we're not getting the turnovers, and we're not getting the sacks. We've only got four takeaways. Yeah, we're not getting the turnovers like we did in the last. And we've, we've only got four takeaways and nine sacks. That's good for our nine sacks are twenty third in the NFL, and our four takeaways are twenty six. Well, you know, and, and it looks like X, well X said he's going to play, so X is going to yeah. Play. But like even with a good groin, you know. You know you're gonna have to cut your losses against a guy like Justin Jefferson. Oh, he's gonna make plays. He's a great top five receiver in football. Yeah, right? he might even well, be and, the best and, in football right now. Well, and we didn't even talked about him yet. But a guy who I was impressed impressed with last week again was uh, Cater Co, who he continues to make plays yeah. in the running game. But look, Adam Thielen's a savvy vet. I mean, that's gonna be a tough matchup for Co. But uh, look you know, at look at Noah. Noah giving up key first downs to Corey oh. Davis. It, it, it's time to pull the plug on. I mean, that's the thing that, that's really frustrating me right now with this Dolphins team is how much of a sample size do you need before you move on? Because when you have a guy like Noah Igbenogany, who's your first round pick, he's young, whatever that means, but he's taken one of your 53 man roster spots. You have to go like, why haven't they called Joe Hayden said, I know you retired. Byron, yeah. 
Dude, I'm telling you this right now. I'm not counting on Byron Jones to play a snap this whole season. No, bro. He, I don't because he's going to want to be healthy because he knows we're going to move on. We showed our hand, bro. Right. Well, and and I wanted to address that because a lot of people don't even know this, but like we, the Dolphins were going to try to trade or release Brian Byron Jones in this offseason. and they wanted so to going to go J.C. Jackson. Jackson. And look at, and that's why we still had people always wondered why does this team have over twenty million dollars of cap hanging in this season because right. that was the J.C. Jackson cap we had right. allocated. That was the move. Then Byron Jones got untimely surgery, and then it was untradeable, and they couldn't release him. Because he knew our move, and that activated his guarantee by getting the surgery. He right. played us. Yeah, he did. And his and his agent played us. And, like, I, I, a lot of people didn't know that that happened. And I was in a Twitter space talking about it the other day, and they were, like, looking at or talking to me like I had eight heads. And I'm like, guys, this is pretty well known in, in the community that this happened. Like, it's not a joke. So Byron Jones, I, I don't think Byron Jones is playing football for the Miami Dolphins this year. I really don't. And, and that that the question I ask is then why was Mike McDaniel giving us these updates like he was going to be ready to go in week five? Oh, and, bro, I, I I knew that was all BS because you weren't even hearing of this guy about doing bicycle work on the sideline. Like you weren't hearing anything about him getting ready to get back to that 21 day period where they have to activate him. You know, get him, have him play a game after he's activated. He was nowhere near that, and we kept, oh, he's on schedule, he's on schedule, and I'm like, if yep. he was on schedule, you'd think we'd be hearing about workouts or at least seeing workout videos, yeah, and we he, weren't seeing any of it. If he played this year, I'd be, I'd be pleasantly surprised. But I, I mean, I did say I didn't, I, I did say I didn't think we'd see him till at least week eight. Yeah. Oh, and we're, I mean, look, he hasn't even started practicing. Like, I, I like, I don't think Austin Jackson's playing this week. You do, or. No, they said they want him. I don't know if he does. Yeah, I, I think he's still a week away, and that's okay. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just – it's a tough game, man. And, like, you know, I, I honestly it, – it's not going to be – What's your score? I, I have the Vikings beating us 40-13. to 13. I, I think it's going to be a tough game for Tyler – I mean, uh, for Skylar Thompson. Two 40 burgers in a row put on the team. I, I think our offensive line is probably going to give up five sacks. And, you know, because when you predict scores like that, it sounds like – we just saw it last week. What happens is when you're down in the fourth quarter, you got a young quarterback that presses. Like, I, I just think it's a really tough matchup for us and that this is the game where you want to have offensive firepower and our biggest superpower, which is the speed and dynamic ability of our wide receivers, is compromised without Tua Tungavaloa. If, if Skylar Thompson comes out here and wins this game, I mean, I would say this. They win this game. This is the biggest win of the season. Not the Ravens comeback. Not the Bills. Winning this game would be the biggest win of the season because it sets the rest of the season up for so much, you know, of a better outcome than falling down the three and three and being in the middle of the pack in a very, very crowded AFC. Because if you if you look at the AFC right now, right, like the Bills are going to win our division more than likely. Hopefully the Chiefs can beat them and we get a win and we get right back on track. But the Bills will be in the playoffs. We can agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are going to win that division and be in the playoffs. That's my prediction. I. I don't think the other teams look as good as we thought. I think Baltimore, I I Baltimore's gonna win about six or seven of the next eight games. Their schedule gets so much easier. I mean, they got a cake schedule, and I think they're gonna go on a roll here. They I think they win that division by a landslide. I what's Tennessee gonna win that division? No one wants to win that division. God, I wish we were in that division. <laughs> um, but say, Which we should say, be because we are in the South. Right. Well, that's yeah. So those four teams are getting in. I mean, when you look at the landscape, right? Like you think the Jets, like I know they're playing well right now. I think I don't I think believe Aaron, it. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to give them a taste of reality this week. I think the Patriots are god awful. The Chargers have a lot of talent. They can't stay healthy. You know, 
I, they might be a wild card team, but they're not going to be the threat that I thought they were. Russell Wilson looks completely cooked. The Raiders, the poor Raiders. I mean, the Raiders look. <laughs> They're in trouble, man. I mean, their season's slipping through their hands. The Steelers might be the worst team in football. Deshaun Watson suspended and more dirt's coming out. That team's not going to go anywhere. The Bengals could get back on track, but, you know, who knows, man? Like, uh, like T. Higgins is hurt. J- Jamar Chase is not having the sophomore season we thought. And, look, Joe Burrow just doesn't look as good. Um, and then that whole division, the South's pretty awful. So, I mean – you know, the Dolphins are right back in the thick of things. Win or lose this game, they're in a good spot. But, like, you got you to start stacking these wins. You can't not take advantage Especially of that. Especially in this stretch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you take you can't take advantage. Because when we did that, you know, preseason, you know, the panel. This is where we made up a lot of our wins. Yeah, we made up a lot of our ground. I had us coming out 9-2 and two into our final six games. Well, look, we look, we, we started the season 3-0. Three and, three and, oh, and then we went to 3-1. and one. At the end of that Three and one, even with that loss to the Bengals, because I, I think we win that game with two. I, I I'm on record to say that. Yeah, we're five and I believe we're five and zero oh with two right now. Well, so I, I gave us an A for the first four games of the season. For the first quarter of the season, I gave this an A grade. You know, I can't even really grade this team on this Jets game because of all the scenarios we talked about. But if you take the quarterback out of it, I mean, look, it was a D performance. Like our line was awful. You know, you didn't get Jalen Waddle the ball. You know, it was it was just a bad performance. Special teams continue to hurt the team. Like yeah. this is where we got to get back. We you know we have to. Bro, win. I'm telling you, it came down to this. It came down to two plays: the Tanner Connor throw. Oh God, he dropped man. it, and I don't want to hear about put, that guy anymore. And man. this guy, this guy, this guy put way too much zip on it, and Tanner dropped it. And then you know the Jason Sanders field goal. I mean, those two. Think of it. If you because would you watch the all twenty two? If Tanner Connor makes that catch, we're down to the 30. Let's say they call the same next play. That at, we're at, to, we're at worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. The next play they call was that screen to Waddle for five, six yards. We should have been at the 25-yard line. Instead, we're kicking a 54-yard field goal. Right. No, you're right. And, and we should – yeah. I, I mean, look, dude, two is – We should have been second and five from the Jets' 25-yard line. Great field position, but also second and five at the 25 – Right. Well, that's great. That's great down the distance to run the football with Raheem, who's been doing his damn thing. Right. Well, and, and I think that we and have you to... chew more clock off instead of them getting the ball back with nine forty or nine thirty left, and they make one throw and they're inside of the thirty-five. They might get the ball back with seven or six minutes left. Well, and, and I think we got to learn from these mistakes. We can't be trotting Jason Sanders out for fifty-four yard field goals anymore. Well, that guy is just and look what they did. I know he's not what he was four or five years ago. But at least they went out and got Legatron and Greg right. Zerlon. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're and, out here with Jason Sanders. This guy's triggered. And, and he's got to. He, we got to move on from. Him. I mean, that's the the reality is you got to move on from yeah, players. He's triggered. trash, bro. Him, he's Liam Eikenberg, Noah Igbenogany, Alandon Roberts. Like, you know, like look what they do. You got to know when to cut bait with players, bro. Not let them overstay and take up these raw valuable roster spots. Yeah, and so you know, hey. But I'm gonna say, hey, remember this is also McDaniel's first year in the building. Those names you just mentioned, I don't see them coming back next year after McDaniel had them for one year. Well, I think I actually think like I think be, major change is going to come, bro, with some of these units. Oh, I, I I've already kind of forecasted what I think next season is going to look like. I think Chase Edmonds is going to be gone. I think Cedric Wilson's going to be gone. I think you know you're definitely going to see Jerome Baker gone. The I, line's going to be further revamped. Byron Jones is going to be gone. I mean, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna like. I already looked at it because because I, I know that you and I like to talk about the cap offline. 
and they uh, corrected up, updated over the cap basis all, off all of the kind of moves that have happened up to this point. They had the Dolphins projected to be at 18.9 million under the cap. You release those guys or trade the guys we just talked about. You're back at like 40 million, and I'm not like care like I like I'm not even worried about. It. I'm not in off season mode. I'm just saying they have so much more flexibility. So like people who think they can't make a trade at this deadline to get a good player, like the Dolphins have a really good salary cap set up next you know next year, um, and for the next few years. So like if you think this offensive line is not ready, right? And you saw Brandon Shell, you've seen Liam Meikenberg, you've seen Greg Little, and you want to go out and get a Taylor Mouton, because he's the only reason he's available is because Carolina wanted Sam Darnold and, ba- and Baker Mayfield to be their quarterback, and they just got so far down in the hole that now it's the time. Like they have to trade assets, they have to do it, or you know that's part of their rebuild. Yeah, you get a young guy like that, and you like because here's the thing: Connor Williams and Taron Armstead. Like I saw people posting on Twitter that they were bad signings, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Taron Armstead, because he missed a half of football, he's been a top five left tackle in football this year. Yeah, he's been great. Connor Williams is, except his snaps. Now, Connor Williams' snaps are. He's probably, great when he's not snapping. That's right. Honest. Yeah, he's kicking ass out there. And Robert Hunt is coming into his own to be one of the best guards in football right now. He's had some rough moments, though. Yeah, he's, he's had moments, but he's played. I mean, he's played well, man. I mean, left guard is the biggest problem. And if you could kick Austin Jackson there and you get a Mouton to straighten up your line, man, like. If you have four above average to really good football players with Austin Jackson being a young developing guy who's finding his own, I mean, you can make a move like that and take a weakness and make it a strength. And you have to think like that because whether we like it or not, this is a make or break season for Tua Tungvaloa still, right? Like it, it's the, like he played awesome. He was yeah, but listen, top. even if he's not the guy, set up the next guy. Well, he's a, he, look, before he was hurt, he was a top, he was playing top five to seven quarterback in football. And, and you don't have to be a Tua fan to say it. Like, the numbers say that. His numbers where he still ranks in the league is still borderline top 10 and missing, you know, the last game and a half. So, like, but, like, look, I, I, people and hate Moten's only 27. He's going to be 28, too, so I'm down. Well, yeah, you know, look, and look, I – I Moten and Bradley Bozeman. His availability with Tua. Bro, if I, you swung Moten and Bradley Bozeman in one you, – you know how much that fixes the line and says – well, okay, let's go. Well, you you said put Bozeman center. He played guard a lot in Baltimore. He played left guard a lot. Um, so he could so play center. Connor at center then. Yeah, I mean Bozeman could play left guard. I'm actually. Do you know he only signed a one year three one year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and he could play center or left guard. He's great, bro. That was a steal, and he's, he's an old. Alabama dude who played. I think he's thirty two, right? Something like that. How how old is he? I think he's thirty two, isn't he? I don't think he's that old. I'll be shocked. I thought he was like 27, 28. Because he was oh, no, yeah, he's 27. He's 27. Yeah, he was a free agent off his rookie yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that he was a senior when Tua was a, was playing there. So, yeah, I mean, look, dude, you got. I, like, yeah, he's drafted in 2018. I would totally 100% make a move for an lineman. And if you're not going to trade for one, go go sign somebody. You have to challenge that left guard position. That is the most crucial move they can make right now. Because, like, look, I I my tracing area with Roquan Smith. Look, that's more of a pipe dream. I, the Bears are probably going to try to try to keep cooler heads. I mean, Laroquan Smith's a top five linebacker in the whole league. So, like, if you could pull a guy like that in, but you you could fix this line and then make your offense dangerous. I mean, the one thing we haven't dug into in this show, and we can kind of wrap on this, is what the hell do you do with Mike Kosicki, man? Like, trade him. 
you get, he's not he's not going to be. He's valuable because he can add to a team this season. But also, if he walks, they can get the compensation. Well, think about this, right? So even if it's a third round pick for him, you get a compensatory pick, right? That means it's after pick ninety five because we lost our first. So there's only going to be ninety five picks that are scheduled before. Like I wish Arizona didn't have Ertz. I'd be all over that. Well, just think of, I mean, like, look, I like the reason I keep saying the Bears is because I think they are in a desperate spot to give Justin Fields some weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about Green, I think Mike Kosicki would eat Green Bay. Ball. Yeah. yeah I, I think Cedric would, Wilson, too, I think. Well, and, and like Cedric Wilson, man, you, I mean, you're, yeah, if you could package it, like, if you had to package him, I would take a third round pick for Mike Kosicki at this point because it's going to be Green high. Bay would take either of those guys, bro. Let's stop. Well, I, I just think that you'd get a th- say, say you got a third round pick for Mike Kosicki, it was the Packers pick. Even if it's a playoff team pick at the end of the third round, it's going to be better than the compensatory pick that you get for him. And, like, I, look, he's not doing much to help. Now, like, one thing I'm excited about this game is I think Hunter Long's going to be active. And Skyler Thompson and him were together a lot during practice in the training yeah. camp. So I, I think this is the chance that we have to see. Is Hunter Long going to be the tight end of this team's future, Right. Or is he going to be another Noe Gwinogany, Liam Eikenberg guy? That I think these guys are super high on Tanner Connor. I think the writing was on the wall when this UDFA that they converted made the made the fifty three, and he was even in a walking boot at the time. I think that was the writing on the wall. I think Smythe, Hunter Long, and Tanner Connor are going to be who they move forward with even into next. Well, year. they better get some stickum for that boy because I tell you what, man. Like, well, that be- wasn't a good throw either. So. I know, but he's got to make that catch. I agree. And, it's a bad throw, and it's a you got to make the catch. So. Because like the one thing about Mike Yasicki that I think a lot of people don't remember about him is, sure, he can high point, and he makes a tough catch, and he looks really athletic because he's a basketball player type player, right? The one thing about him, man, is he not only can he not block, he can't create after the catch. No, he doesn't break yeah. tackles. And, like, that's one of the things about a tight end. Like, you look at George Kittle when he was in San Francisco, dude, and he just – he catches a ball for 10 yards and it's a 25 yard game because he's or Kelsey. Yeah, he's carrying three. Kelsey did put up four touchdowns in one game. Right. Yeah. And Mark Andrews in Baltimore is another guy. Like, you just got to, like, you know, look, at this point, I don't see any way they're going to extend Mike Kosicki. No, I think the ship sailed. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's an asset. Like, another team, I'm telling you, another team that would have a much higher pick that makes a lot of sense for Mike Kosicki is the Jacksonville Jags. Evan Ingram's on a one-year deal. They don't really have a lot of weapons for Trevor Lawrence. And if you're a Jacksonville fan, like, you have to be a little underwhelmed of Trevor Lawrence. Like, I, you have to be. Yeah. I mean, he, he was supposed to be the next Peyton Manning-type player. No. He's had well, some come moments. on. If you watched him in college, you knew he wasn't going to be that. Well, he's had some good moments. But for the most part, I would say he's been a big People overhyped him, bro. I knew he was going to be what it was. He regressed. Dude, in Clemson, they're not worried about developing this guy, bro. They're just like, we win. can win off your natural abilities. They don't have, they can't. That's why a lot of these guys from smaller programs are the ones that end up popping off because they get the better coaching because those programs can afford to lose for a year or two and then reap the benefits in the junior or senior year of the kids. These programs like Clemson and stuff, from the moment you hit as a freshman or sophomore, you're part of the machine. They can't afford your development to cost them games. Yeah. No, I hear you. Well, yeah. I, I'm like, I just think you get a guy like Look that. Look at what happened to DJU. DJU had all the tools coming out <clears throat> of the Cali system and Clemson, you know, they haven't developed him further. Well, you know, I, 
the next superstar quarterback's coming out, not this year, but the next year is Caleb Williams from USC. He's, yeah, yeah, he's a beast. He's a stud. Lincoln Riley's boy. Yeah, I mean, he's a complete stud. He's yeah. he's he's a game changer at the position. This year, I'll be honest, man, like it sucks we lost our first-round pick. I think this year's draft is going to be like 2013 bad. Um, yeah, I just think – I think the quarterbacks have some talent, but they have high bust potential. Um you know, I, I, I know we're both big B. John Robinson fans. My biggest riser this whole season actually is Jam, uh, Jameer Gibbs from yeah, Alabama. Back is a beast. I, I actually am starting to think that he might have better pro traits than B. John Robinson. Um, Michael Mayer is the tight end from Notre Dame. You know, I like him. Um, I think he's going to be a good player. But other than him, like, it's, no, not- it is October. We are. I know. We got time to talk. Well, no, that. but you know what's funny, man? You think about it, but college football season's going fast. Yeah, I know. And 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 you look at the, the the thing where it gets exciting is there are some good offensive tackles in this draft, like really good ones. And like my favorite guy right now is Jalen Duncan from Maryland. Um, I love him. Uh, Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern's another guy that a lot of people are loving. But there, it's a strong offensive line draft. But other than that, man. If you're not drafting in the top five and you can't get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter yeah. or Keely Ringo, like, honestly, man, like, it's a pretty crappy draft class. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind if the Dolphins even trade draft resources, kind of guess where I'm getting, to get players and kind of use the Rams philosophy where if there's a player that you – so, like, you said a second-round price tag for Taylor Mouton, I would make that trade tomorrow, Right. And if there's a corner that popped available, like a guy who I like, oh, we didn't even talk about this yet, but William Jackson three has not had a good year in Washington, but no one has a good year in Washington. Um, he'd be an interesting name if Byron Jones is hurt, like on the cheap, uh, you know, maybe he, I don't know what he would cost. What do you think about him? You think he's a good, I option? think you got to put the resources into the offensive line right now. Yeah. You don't think you could do both with what? I mean, say if Mouton's a second and say William Jackson's a third. I don't see them depleting their draft to that level. Yeah. you got to move bodies. And they just did it when they had Tyreek, so they can't go another year without drafting, right? Yeah, you got to move bodies, man. <sighs> well, man, hey, man. Uh, what, we got three more sleeps. Now, so. if you're going to go recoup some draft picks on Cedric and – Get sick and flip them, then let's talk. But you got to yeah. recoup, you know what I mean? So, right? Yeah, and, and honestly, man, I, I don't know about Cedric. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know if the team, a team's willing to give up much on him. I, I and he hasn't been a lot of targets, but like, I don't know, man. I, I expected him to be the real beneficiary of Waddle and Tyreek, and it hasn't been him, and it really hasn't even been Mike Gesicki. No one's really stepped up to be like, I want to be the Just dude. Sherfield and Craycraft. Well, and Trent Sherfield's a good player, and and I like him actually. And River Craycraft's a crafty guy, no pun intended. But, you know, I, I would like to see Eric Uzakama out there, man. And, and I, I, I'm, you know, I know he's a young, but, you know, we did draft him in the fourth round after we, you know, did sign Cedric Wilson and trade for Tyreek Hill. Like, I have to imagine that he has something he could offer this team. Bro, when he's just trusting Welker, bro. Welker is the one who drafted, who, who had the ear to draft him. And Welker is developing him, bro. When he's ready, he's ready. They're trying to teach him everything because he's not, you know, first of all, you go to Texas Tech, you don't really have a developed route tree. Second of all, he doesn't really know how to work out of the slot. He's really just basically an X receiver, not working off a lot of motion. 
they're just getting him acclimated. When he's ready, he'll hit the field, bro. And I you think, think you think it's this year. Or you think it's more of a yeah, yeah. You'll see him this year. And I think well, the first big thing you'll notice about him is, uh, I mean, people will notice about him is his. I think he's going to be a beast in the red zone when he plays. So give me, give me the one, one, mm-hmm. give me the one surprise on Sunday, good or bad. I think it's a closer game, a much closer game than what you gave it credit for. Any player you think is going to kind of, who's not a star, take that step? You think this could be a Jalen Phillips coming out party? Um, I don't know. That line, Darisaw's, you know, it depends on where they line him up. You know, I think Channing Tindall's going to get more snaps. I do too. I do too. Um, You know, honestly, bro, like our – if if just if Brandon show like Brandon Jones hasn't shown much in coverage, but look at that seventy nine yard play to Brees Hall was all on Eric Rowe. Like our safeties haven't even been that great. It looks like Holland isn't playing at the level he was. You know, I, I think the surprise. I think Austin Jackson is actually going to go, and I think he's going to play well. I hope so. I, I I think that would be music to our ears. I mean, like it's funny, right? Out of a bad scenario, a guy. You know, look, when we gave a lot of crap to Austin Jackson too last year, and it was rightfully deserved, but like the grass isn't always greener, right? And yeah, <laughs> if he yeah. comes in and he can solidify himself, if he can solidify himself as a starting right tackle on this team this year, that is a huge. And all we need is competent. We don't need like Pro Bowl. Right. Cause I, I mean, we have, I, I'm like, Taryn Armstead, Connor Williams, and Robert Hunt have all kind of played near a Pro Bowl level, actually, which is if you have three players that play at that level, you're one good. guy that's good, and then you got one guy who's – you don't want him to be the worst in the Competent. league. Competent. But yeah. you want him to be – yeah. You want him to be reliable. Above average. Right. And, you know, that, that's where I think, you know. Yeah. I, I, I do think that what I what I saw that excited me this weekend was the, the that somebody had the authority to say, look, Chase Edmonds, I don't care if we pay him more than Miles Gaskin. He's not getting the job done. And didn't Miles Jask- Gaskin look kind of hungry when he came in? Yeah, he did. He looked like he was playing really well. Like yeah. that, you need to have people that don't have that comfort, right? Like, if you don't do your job, we're going to put someone else in, and we're going to keep, re- you know, reinventing the wheel until we find someone that can. Just okay. because you're a first round pick, no Ibignogany, you can't be there eight yards off the ball on a third and five and backpedaling. You can't play football like that. And and and, and like you know. I think that's where you're going to see Mike McDaniel be a little bit different. I think that he's got the cojones to say, look, Chris Greer, I love you, but this guy ain't working out. We got to figure it out. All right, guys. Well, we're going to see you all next week. Hopefully we are celebrating a victory and coming into primetime with two. It's going to be nice to be back in the primetime next week, too, on Sunday. Hopefully two is back at the helm. Um, as always, always a good time with you, with you, Neil guys, we'll see y'all next week. Let's go get that dub as always fins up all day, every day. We'll see y'all back here when we dive fin too deep next week.